to the It'll Buff Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Grachowski, CEO and founder of Five and Fly LLC. What if I told you there's no set path on separating from the Army? If you are an active duty Army officer seeking to separate from the Army in the next 18 to 12 months, here's the deal. Stay tuned. The fact of the matter is, people out there are going to tell you that there's a set path to go on, whether that's pursuing an MBA or pursuing a certain internship path. There isn't. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You can write your own path. You just need to be able to filter through the noise. This podcast is going to provide you with interviews, one-on-ones, and personal experiences that help you create an azimuth to guide you on the path of separating from the Army. This isn't going to have all the answers, but it's going to help point you in the right direction. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for tuning in. It'll buff. Welcome to this episode of the It'll Buff Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Grachowski, CEO and founder of Five and Fly. And today I have another solo episode, but today is a very special day, a very special episode. As it is official, we have passed the one year anniversary of the It'll Buff Podcast. Now, we fell 10 weeks short of our 10 weeks short of our goal. We wanted to do 52 episodes for 52 weeks of the year. And we got to 42. This is episode 42. Well, really, we only hit 41. But that's neither here nor there. And the one thing I want to say is, before we dive into this episode, to all the listeners out there and to all of the community members out there who have continued to reach out to me and give me encouragement, give me input, give me feedback, thank you so much. This podcast would not exist, would not continue to exist. There wouldn't be any drive, if you will, um, if it was up to just me, just up to just Daniel. And I just, again, want to say thank you so much for your continued feedback and input and encouragement and growth because... This is a journey, guys. This has been an absolute journey. It's been an amazing journey. It's been a hard journey. And even though we're a year into it, I would say we just barely crossed the start line. There's a long way to go. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to uncover. As I continue to talk to more and more people, I realize that there's more and more problems out there. There's more and more stories that need to be told. There's more and more knowledge that needs to be gathered and given to those that are coming behind us. And then quite frankly, there is more and more knowledge that needs to be given to those veterans who have already transitioned into the civilian workforce and may or may not be enjoying this endeavor that they set out on and are seeking the next chapter, the next adventure, the next thing that's gonna give them purpose to fulfill this mission that they're on of leaving the military and providing impact on the civilian workforce. So thank you so much, everybody tuning in. As I mentioned in the previous episode, episode 41, where we did it, or we did our AAR, uh, today's episode, the one year anniversary episode is going to be all about Five and Fly, myself, the business, why it started, what it's doing, 
what's the current status, where are we going, and what, and, and really what's next, and how you as the listeners can be involved in that going down the road. So I would say before we dive in, a good place to start is the title of this episode. And obviously when you click on this in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, you're going to see the title and the title is going to be called it so that this is just full transparency, guys. I think the most important factor of anything that you do in life involves full transparency because if you're not giving full transparency, then A, it's not holding you to a certain standard because people are going to see what's going on in your life. And B, it doesn't let people see the real you. And there's a lot of this, these instances going on out in the corporate world currently where individuals, i.e. yourselves, are getting into situations where for lack of a better term, you've been bamboozled, right? When they when they interviewed you or you went through that interview process or you went through a skill bridge, they gave you this grandiose idea of what your quote unquote duties and responsibilities and purpose at the company you were, were interning for are going to be and they aren't lining up. And so when I set out to start this company and really figure out, okay, what is the bedrock? What is the foundation that I want five and fly to have? It is that full transparency is of the utmost important to me and this organization as I continue to grow it. So, okay. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. There is a lot that I have done in the past. And the one thing that I want to do before I dive into this episode, usually we talk about at the end, but I want to talk about at the beginning because it really creates a foundation of the the vision and, and, and where that came from. So one of the things that I wanted to do was start with why. Like what was my why for getting out of the military? Now one of the things that I continue to talk to people about is if you are going to embark on this journey of transitioning out of the military and into the civilian workforce you need to have a strong why. The reason for that is the transition through several different through several different episodes that I've had and I've talked to people with and I continue to talk to people with on this podcast is the transition is a term evergreen. You are always going to experience some sort of transition because at the end of the day as military service members we come from a background that's just totally unconventional totally different and nobody else has experienced it besides us and at the end of the day that is 0.01 percent or 0.1 percent of the population of the united states let alone even the world right and so you have to remember that and so here's where i want to start my why and the values that I came up with that drive me throughout this mission that I've got. So here is for all you folks out there that are wondering, here is my why for leaving the military and starting Five and Fly. I want to always be present for my family. 
I want to be able to provide for my family in all facets of life. I want to help others be the best versions of themselves. And I want to help those who come behind me have a better experience than I did. And the values that drive that why are I want to be resilient. I want to be present. I want to be generous. I want to be gentle. And I want to be faithful. Now, if you decide you're listening to this episode and you're thinking to yourself, that's awesome. I would love to come up with a vision like that. Reach out to me. I'd love to sit down. This is like the favorite part of what I get to do with people is when they come to me and I just ask them, why are they getting the army? And they're like, I don't know. So that is my why. Those are my values. So you have a little bit of background of where we're at. So I really want to go all the way back to my journey out of the military. And I want to create some, again, continue to create the transparency into my life and how the events unfolded. So when I was in the military, I commissioned out of West Point 2016. I was one of the first FA Bullet classes uh, to come in for my year group. And I was bitter from the get-go. A, because I did not want to be a field artillery officer. Not that I hate field artillery. Field artillery. After going through my military service in that branch, I very faith-based. I feel like that was the perfect place for me, and God knew that. And so that's where he placed me. Um, and I was, again, faithful through that um, and sometimes had to display some resilience through there. And that's kind of where I got those values. Um, but I, I didn't originally didn't want to do that. So I was, I was quote-unquote, salty from the get-go going into Bullock, which is basic officer leadership course. And so show up. And from the moment I got to Bullock, really, I kind of had this mindset of whatever. I'm going to perform to a standard, right? I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be present in the situation that I'm called to. And I want to be finished strong. And I want to want to be a great leader. And I want to represent A, West Point well, and B, my unit and my family and my name well. Um, so I'm going to exceed the standard. However, I don't want to. And so, again, the mantra coming out of five coming out of West Point is is five and fly, right? We owe five years active duty service plus three years inactive ready reserve. And then we salute the military, say thank you for my service, and I will go take my career out to the civilian world. And so that's kind of where it started for me. Um, I as a as a fire as a field artillery officer, I would say I got to hold, at least when I was going through Bullock, really kind of what seemed as the the coveted positions. Of field artillery, which are a fire support officer and then being a gun line platoon leader. Um, I had an absolute blast in doing that. And it really started to change my heart towards, okay, I can see myself spending more time in the military. Now, our year group, I think, was the first, was the year group where they were saying, hey, you can either do the 20-year pension or we're interacting you were, we're entering into this new phase of retirement called the blended retirement where we give you a three savings plan and then we do the 10 year, you get out 10 year mark, pensions cut short, but you have this Roth plus traditional IRA set up. That's a financial story for a different day. But if you're listening to this and you're still in the army and you plan on staying in the army, match what the army's giving you. They're going to give you 5%. So they're going to give you free money. They're going to match you 5% and they're going to give you free money. Again, that's an aside. I'll leave that aside. But so I opted in for the blended retirement. I said, there's no way I want to go 20, but maybe I can, I could see myself potentially going and 
taking battery command and then going back to West Point and teaching mathematics because uh, I just love I love teaching um, and I love just being present with my soldiers as a platoon leader, as a fire support officer, as a battalion fire support officer. Um, and, you know, I just I really enjoyed it. Again, one of my one of my values that I found that I that I held while I was a platoon leader and fire support officer and held my duties and responsibilities is just I'm being present with my soldiers, my soldiers really loved that I was always present with them and they could come to me and ask questions and we would, I would spend time with them um, to invest in them because again, like my mission, I want to make something better for those that are coming behind me, whether they were enlisted or, you know, junior officers. Um, and so that's, that's what I knew. And so I thought, okay, you know, battery command, go back to West Point, be a TAC officer, maybe be an instructor, um, and then that kind of puts me to the 12 year mark and then, okay, I'll get out. But I was really kind of like, but you know, then that kind of puts you behind your peers and there's this, there's this window, there's this game you play of, okay, when am I, how much time in the military do I need to be the most marketable and the most competitive? Right. And you know, some, there's the debates out. Is it, you know, right at five because you have, you've developed these leadership skills or should I pursue a battery command? Because that just gives me that little extra level of, of senior level management, director level management, where you are leading a large group of soldiers, um, you know, 80 plus soldiers. And that just kind of shows that future employer, like, Hey, this guy has the leadership ability to lead a large group of people. Um, and so again, debates out there, that's up for you to decide. There's plenty of episodes where people have done both, right? Well, you know, they got out of five or they've done battery command and realized, Hey, maybe that wasn't necessarily the right move. So again, started to know that, uh, was a early select for triple C. I remember we had to put in our, you know, our choices and I even called branch and I said, Hey, I want to stay at Fort hood. Um, I'm going to pick up this XO position. I'll even go on the next rotation to, you know, to Eastern Europe and I'll support that. Whatever, you know, whatever the unit needs just to stay in Fort Hood so I don't have to leave. And they're like, hey, you have two options. You can either go to Triple C and, and potentially come back to Fort Hood or you go to, we're going to, we're going to PCS you, force PCS you to Fort Sill and you're going to be either a basic trading platoon leader or XO. I was like, okay, I'll take, I'll roll the dice, take my chances, go to Triple C. Uh, you know, Triple C was a really good refresh uh, for me. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things where I got in there and um, was like, okay, I can I can see the strategic level, how everything happens. I can see myself being a battery commander, doing all this planning, uh, you know, learning the military decision-making process, which is an amazing process. I think that's like one of the things the military does very well is making hard decisions. Now, sometimes they dwell on a little bit long, too long. Again, that's an aside. We're going to put that aside. But going through Triple C, it was that break that everybody talks about. You know, it's seven months um, where it's kind of like, hey, you get to hang out. You go to class, exceed the standard. I enjoyed playing golf. So I got to play a lot of golf at Fort Sill. Um, and uh, there's a funny story there. And um, I, I essentially was playing golf with the garrison commander. Uh, uh, you know, Fort Sill commander, three star. And, um, you know, we were playing golf with each other and I'm not going to name names, but we were playing golf with each other. And I was out there walking and this older gentleman comes walking down the hill and, you know, I'm playing golf by myself. And he says, Hey, you mind if I hop in and play with you? I said, not a problem. And, uh, he goes, Hey, so 
you know, who are you? What are you doing here? And I said, well, sir, I'm, you know, first Lieutenant Grotowski. I'm here at Triple C and um, just doing that. And he's like, oh, okay. And I said, I have the audacity, of course, right? Figure out who I'm playing with. Figured it's some old retired guy. He goes, well, you know, I'm uh, I'm the commander of the place, you know, uh, <laughs> Lieutenant General so-and-so. And I was like, oh, boy, well, this is embarrassing. Uh, that's really unfortunate for me. Hopefully my chain of command at Triple C doesn't come down and, and it reflects negatively upon negatively upon me. But uh, he, you know, he, he was a real he was real generous. We ended up playing golf. Um, we had a really great conversation and I was able to talk to him about my thoughts about at that time. I said, you know, sir. I just think I'm going to get out of the army. I don't, you know, here's what I'm thinking. And what, how that conversation went down is what I told him is, is I said, looking at the military and where it's going and the rotation style training and all these trainings and these training rotations, I really want to have a family. And I said, this has no effect on you as a leader. Like I've only engaged you minimally, but I look around at the majors in the military. I look around at the lieutenant colonels in the military, right? The people who I'm going to fall in their shoes. And that job just looks ab- absolutely miserable. And I look at that job and I don't want to do it. Like what you should always do, whether you're in the military or the civilian side, look at the, look at the manager that's going to be above you and look in their eyes, ask the questions. And then if you get this feeling of this individual looks absolutely miserable, like they hit their lives. And so why would I want to do that? And that's what I told him. And he said, he's like, you know, T, honestly, that's a great reason to want to get out of the army. And I said, honestly, sir, I, I would really enjoy to, to be a battery commander, but I know what's waiting for me on the other side. And it's those, those XO, those, those battalion XO, battalion S3, uh, brigade staff positions where these majors are just running around with their heads cut off and, and just look miserable. And I said, I don't want anything to do with that. Like they, they sleep in their office. Like, no, that's not who I am. And I wouldn't do that. And I would receive a poor rating and it would reflect on my career negatively uh, because I would go home because that's, what's important to me. Um, Again, going back to my vision. So it was at that time I decided to get out. um, And so I did, let's just put it this way. I did minimal initial research. Um, I knew I wanted to get out. I knew when I wanted to get out and I knew that I wanted to a be an entrepreneur, but I knew that wasn't necessarily the smart move initially getting the army. I said, I should probably go get some real work experience. And so I just did networking amongst, uh, my church community. There's a lot of prominent business leaders that go to the church that I go to. And I happen to be in students ministry and work with their with their kids and students ministry and so i just said hey um i'm getting out of the military um you know on this day and there's this really awesome opportunity that the army offers where i get to intern for you you pay me nothing the army pays me as a captain and the whole point is for me to gain skills to bridge gaps and potentially a career that you as an employer wouldn't hire me because there's those gaps there. And then your company then has the opportunity to help fill those gaps, educate me, train me. And then hopefully I prove myself through my internship for you to bring me on the team. And so had that conversation with several people and ended up landing a, an internship job at the company that I worked, that I did a for was Worlds. Um, 
And so it was artificial intelligence startup company. Very, very, very startup when I was there. Uh, when I signed on as an intern, I think there was like 20 employees. Uh, they were doing several R&D projects. Um, and I was a uh, basically a project management intern on one of those projects. Um, and, you know, I did all the paperwork. I did all of the stuff and landed the internship. And if you go back to the first episode of this podcast, uh, I, I talked through a little bit broad strokes of this, uh, but we're going to dive in full transparency. So we're just going to continue to go through that. And so I landed the internship and this is kind of where I want to pause and reflect. And I want those listeners out there to hear what I'm saying when I, I am very thankful for the experience that I experienced after landing this Gilbridge internship at Worlds. Uh, it shaped me to who I am today. It gave me the motivation to start Five and Fly. Uh, gave me the confidence to do that. It helped me realize what I didn't want to do. Um, and, and I don't say that in a negative way. It's just, again, you don't know what you don't want to do until you go experience it. And so this is where I'm pausing and reflecting. At this point in my career, I was roughly about a year out from transitioning out of the military. Now, here's where this gets interesting. I didn't, and whether this is through ignorance um, or laziness or procrastination, I didn't do the due diligence that I should have done when I was researching all of the opportunities of getting out of the military. Where the arrogance comes in is I had an ego about me and it was, I don't want anybody to, I want to be responsible for my own success. I don't want anybody else to contribute to that. And I don't want other people to take that take ownership over me and, and, and my career direction and where I wanted to go. And so for me, that just like negated hiring our heroes or, you know, working with other other companies. Um, and that was just stupid. That was just stupid. And so if you're listening to this episode and you're like, I don't want to do this because I don't need anybody's help. Hear it from a knucklehead like myself. You need help. You, the information that you are currently correct collecting, I would say eighty percent of it is from your peers in the army, who none of which have actually successfully transitioned out of the military yet. And so, how do they know what's best for you? Food for thought. I was thinking the same thing in those shoes. And if I could go back and do it again, I would have one hundred percent reached out to the regional manager, regional program manager for Hiring Your Heroes and just said, hey, what is Hiring Your Heroes? What does it offer? How can I be set up for the most success? How can I, you know, how, like, what do I do? How does this fall into my timeline? Am I too late? What should I do? I would have dove into that a lot more. And additionally, I wish I would have looked into the skill bridge, the DOD skill bridge offered programs out there. There's a whole website with hundreds, thousands of companies out there who are offering these internships, sponsored internships that allow you to get in with a company who has to abide by certain regulations with the DOD. And then there's CSP, 
SkillBridge internships with for those Army folks out there. Generally, they are provided for you during SFL TAP. Um, reach out to those companies because they have a very very specific. The Army hat in in all of its in all of its ailments. The Army has created a really stringent set of standards for SkillBridge, and it is to protect you as the transitioning service member from the Army out. The Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, they don't have that. They don't have the CSP standard. So plug into that. Go look at that. So what I did was the unsponsored skills, the unsponsored SkillBridge internship, right, which is I basically create the SkillBridge program at the company. I set the standards. I do all the stuff. I do all the vetting. I do all the negotiation for a job afterwards. And um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where we pick this back up, right? So full transparency. I, at the time, as you go through the story, I wish I had gone through Hiring Heroes. Now, I'm glad that I did not because, again, Five and Fly exists because of that. And we're going to dive into the, the to the to all of the things that happened thereafter. But at that time, I wish I would have at least, at least invested, you know, 15, 20, 30 hours into understanding what Hiring Heroes is, what they offers, and how I can benefit from that program. Because it, at the end of the day, it is a really great program. Now, we're going to go back to landing my inter- internship at Worlds. Now, I went into the tech world. Um, I went into the tech startup world. And I went into a tech startup world that was tech, that was even new tech, right? Artificial intelligence. And that was kind of like the leading edge of everything's going to artificial intelligence. And my degree was in mechanical engineering. (laughs) Why do I mention that? When you're looking to go into a certain field, don't just pick a field because that's the sexy field to go into. Again, think about your strengths and your weaknesses. Think about think about what you've learned. There's so many job opportunities out there. And for me, and I think that still is the common theme out there because of whether it's the ability to work from home, which is really going away for most, most companies, um, or it was the, the paycheck that's associated working with tech, in tech, um, I don't really know, but but for me, it was, oh, tech pays a lot of money, work from home, um, and really that was just driving. Again, it fit into my vision of I always want to be present for my family, and I want to be able to provide for my family in all facets of life, right? And so it really hit those first two parts of my vision. So I said, okay, like this is where I want to go. So I'm in the company, and here's why I would say doing an unsponsored skill bridge is hard. Because the company, which again, doesn't really matter, it isn't held to a certain standard. And so we weren't having these conversations of, hey, am I going to get hired? Am I not going to get hired? Should I start looking at other places? Should I start networking more? Whether or not the unsponsored SkillBridge internship you're in is doing that, go ahead and start networking and start applying to other places. And what I would say in doing that going back to full transparency is talk to either the person that got you a job and just say, Hey, nobody's communicated with me about my status at the company post Skillbridge internship. So I'm going to start networking and looking for jobs elsewhere. Um, because man, guys, I waited to the last minute and it, 
this is kind of where the story starts to take that turn. Um, and, uh, you know, basically they were trying to get me a job, trying to get me a job and they just couldn't close the contracts in the right amount of time. They had to make some other strategic hires that, you know, like hiring a CFO and really important positions. And so I was very low on the chopping block. Um, and so, yeah, but going into the internship, I didn't necessarily have the resident knowledge of the tech world that I should have had. And so going back to that point of be careful where you get yourself into. And why I say that is because you can prep yourself for those jobs a lot easier. Now, back into my story, um, while I was in my internship, um, I was trying to look for things that I, well, let me put it this way. When I got into my internship, I was just, I thought that I had a job. Like I was convinced. I'm like, oh, it's a Skillbridge internship. They get six months of free work. They're going to give me a job at the end of this. And it's going to be all good to go. And so I didn't really take getting any credentialing seriously. I didn't really take any getting any schooling seriously. Um, I mean, I knew I was didn't want to go get an MBA. So that wasn't even a thought for me. Um, did pretty good on the GRE um, at when we had to take it at Triple C. Um, probably wouldn't have gotten into select schools, but I, you know, I would have gotten into a MBA program. Uh, probably would have retaken it, uh, but again, the MBA wasn't on my radar. And so I'm I'm working at I'm working at Worlds, and just thought I had a job, and I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't continue to network. Um, like I tell you guys to do. And that's why I tell you to do it because I didn't do it and I screwed myself. Um, didn't continue to network. Didn't really, I wasn't applying for other jobs knowing that nobody was giving me any transparency into my job and continue on at Worlds. And I really just kind of, I don't want to call it procrastinated, but I just kind of was ignorant and like took that for granted. Um, and just again, because there wasn't that communication there that was, you know, I thought it was like, you know, it's like when you go visit a doctor, right? It's like, well, no news is good news. So like, if they're not telling me anything then they're going to hire me, like if they're not going to hire me, they would tell me. And so that was the mentality that I went at this with. Um, and that was the wrong mentality. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, really essentially what ended up happening is, uh, I started my internship, you know, uh, January 4th. Um, and it ended pretty much on June 3rd when I got out of the military. Um, and basically the end of April, my manager was like, Hey man, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be able to provide you a job. Um, and I was like, well, this, this sucks. And, um, so it was basically at that moment, that's when I started to, that is when I started to really start applying to jobs and networking really hard. Now I was in a perfect storm, I would say. When I was looking for jobs, it was, you know, April 2021, uh, COVID was kind of starting to become, quote unquote, not a thing, right? Um, restrictions were starting to dwindle, people were starting to travel. Um, and so I was entering into a workforce where all these people were starting to go on vacation over the summer, right? And so I'm trying to network and um, apply to jobs and talk to people while people are on vacation. And it just, there was no traction. There was absolutely no traction. And 
one of the things that happened for me was I played football at West Point and I can flash all the way back to young senior Daniel Grachowski at Riverview High School in Sarasota, Florida. And I can recall, you know, my recruiter saying, oh, you go to Army and you play football, you're set for life. Whether you stay in the Army or you decide to get out, like, people are going to want to hire you. You're like, you're the guy. And I was like, okay, sounds good. So then come, you know, May 2021, like, cool. I sent out applications, did minimal reflectional work on my resume and just send it out and was just getting absolutely nothing to bite. Um, and that was really hard. I think, you know, for me getting out of the military June 3rd, um, you know, I did a workout that morning in my garage by myself. Um, and I just kind of, I just broke down. I just, I, I absolutely broke down because I immediately felt like a failure. I took a lot of things for granted. I took a lot of help for granted. I took a lot of services for granted. And for granted, I mean, I didn't use them because I thought I was better than them. And I was just, I was wrecked. Like I was unemployed and it was a very humbling moment for me. I think it was one of those things where it was the first time that I realized just how hard it is to transition out of the army. And I'm not saying that from just a standpoint of landing a job. For the transition, landing a job is, gosh, I would say maybe even only just 20% of the transition. And this is kind of continuing going in that full transparency. I would say the other 80% has to do with you figuring out who the heck you are. Because at the end of the day, like I put my uniform on to go drive to Fort Hood and, and, and glorify him and all that I do. So I did have that purpose. But as far as from a, a worldly standpoint, I was, I mean, I was unemployed. I was a nobody. And I had just held this rank as captain. I was slotted to be a battery commander, leading 80 plus soldiers um, through teaching them how to destroy things. And now I, I mean, I'm begging for scraps if we're being honest. And that was one of the most humbling experiences that I've ever experienced in my entire life. And so I'm going to pause there and I'm going to say, if you're listening to this podcast episode and you are coming up on that transition date from wearing your uniform to no longer wearing your uniform and you are struggling you've landed a job but mentally you are struggling through what the heck is my purpose like i know i'm supposed to go work at this company but like honestly i don't even care like i kind of miss the soldiers i kind of miss the the lifestyle reach out talk to me i i want to talk i want to talk to you i want to just sit down spend some time with you um i'm here for you there's other community members that have gone through this process that have been on the it'll buff podcasts on the different episodes that I would argue it's experienced the same mentality um, and uh, reach out to them. And so back on to, to the story and, you know, I wish, 
I wish I would say that it got better from there, but it got worse. Um, you know, just I had I had I'd leave saved up, and um, unfortunately, through to like S one problems, I wasn't able to just take that extended leave, so I cashed it in. So I had money, and we had, and my family had saved up money. Um, so life wasn't all that bad. I was able to continue a certain lifestyle that I had, but I mean, you're just faced with constant rejection. Um, rejection in the sphere of reaching out to companies um, and like applying for jobs that are below your pay, like you, how your skills that you have and getting rejected from those. Um, you know, just reaching out to network to people. Oh, hey, you know, and we're talking about long gray line members. And for those of you who aren't West Point graduates, like the long gray line is quote unquote supposed to be the resource. And I'm reaching out to people and just nobody's responding to me. Um, and I mean, you know, the things that I started to recognize was, you know, um, I started to become like paralyzed by just all this information out there. I know where it's like, okay, I'm in this sphere. There's so much information out there. I don't know what, what's good, who to talk to, because these people aren't reaching out to me and these people are, do I use a recruiting service? I, you know, I've heard horror stories of recruiting services. Which one do I use? Uh, which certifications do I get that'll help make me marketable? Who can I talk to? Uh, why are people hiring me? What's wrong with me? You know, I, you know, who, that guy got a job at that company. Like I know I was better than him at the academy or her at the academy or like I know my military, you know, uh, rankings were higher than that person because they were in my unit and I was ranked, you know, one, two, three out of 40 lieutenants. Like I know I'm better than them. And so just these thoughts kept racing through my mind. And I think, you know, that was the, the, the ignorance, the arrogance, um, you know, that I went through. But, but, but I remembered, and this is where the value of gentleness comes in, is that, you know, those people probably, like, understood that specific problem set better than I did. And I had to swallow there, there was a moment and I honestly, I wish I could say like, oh, there's, you know, it was this moment where it just came to me. But I think it was one of those moments. And this is what I talk about having a, a, an accountability crew when you are picking this vision to hold you accountable. Um, I have a community here in Georgetown um, and they've become my family. I would say they're more important to me than my, my actual family. Um, and, you know, they just, they were there for me. They supported me. And one of my really good friends has looked at me and he's like, dude, like, why are you like, for all intents and purposes, like, why are you, why are you whining? Why are you complaining? Like, go out and fix the problem. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, you're right. And in that moment, though, when I decided that it was this go out and fix the problem, I said, well, there is a problem here. And I was like, I, every, every entrepreneurial journey starts with fixing a problem, finding a problem, being a problem fixer. And I said, okay, there's a problem out here. I don't exactly know what it is yet, but I know there's a problem and I know it needs to be fixed. And I feel like I was put through this experience to fix it. And this thus brought up the, uh, the idea of five and fly and having a podcast. Um, and so at that point I knew that I could, I, I didn't have, again, the knowledge or skill set to start a company. 
I didn't have the experience. I didn't understand how the real world worked from a business standpoint. I understood how the army worked. I understood roughly how to just do general, you know, operational project management style stuff, but I didn't understand, you know, profits and losses, revenue, growth planning, business de- development, marketing, you know, front end, back end type style jobs, um, partner management, all this stuff that comes from working at a company and being inside of a company and seeing how they grow, especially in a startup company that I was at. So this is kind of where this, this is where the story takes, it gets better. Um, you know, I, 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 I finally was able to reach out. Well, I wasn't able to, I finally swallowed my sense of pride and I reached out to people and I just said, Hey, I don't like, I just need somebody to help me with my resume. And there's a few, few guys out there. Uh, one in particular, Glenn Meyer, who, who works, he, I believe he still works at Apple. Glenn, if you're listening to this, don't shoot me if you work somewhere else. Um, but I talked to him, we ended up playing golf and, um, he's like, Hey, I like you. Uh, you're, you know, you're a solid guy. You'd be a great culture fit. Let's, let's sit down and see about maybe what it would look like to work at Apple. Um, and I showed him my resume and he just looked me in the eyes like, dude, this part of my friends, he's like, this is shit. And, uh, no wonder you were getting rejected. And, you know, is that, that was a, 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 a sigh of relief for me. I was like, man, I am so glad because I thought like, I thought my resume was great. And I finally had somebody give me a resume and say, hey, man, this stinks, and um, let's fix it. So he helped me fix it. Um, in that process, I submitted those resumes, continued to submit the resumes, continued to reach out. I started to really hit LinkedIn hard. I started to network hard. And like I tell you guys, I was just reaching out to people. I said, hey, I would apply to their job opening, and I would just be humble. I would reach out, especially for the smaller businesses. I would say, hey, um, I'm just reaching out. I know... I'm coming from the military. I landed an internship. Um, I may not have the civilian experience for this, but just let me let me sit down and talk to you uh, about how my military experience can translate into you know being a successful member of your team. Um, and that really started to work. So if you're currently in the process of applying to jobs um, and you're kind of getting a rejection, uh, send your application in and reach out to usually most applications on either Indeed or LinkedIn have the HR manager attached to it and just send them a, an email message and say, hey, also, by the way, if you're on LinkedIn and you're active duty service member veteran, you get one year free of premium LinkedIn uh, to allow you to send 40 email messages. So every month. So take full advantage of that. And that's how you become successful in landing a job. But what I was doing is I was reaching out to those individuals and I started to realize, okay, this is kind of how networking works. This is kind of how these things work. Um, and this is how I should have been tailoring my resume. Um, on that note, before we go forward, I'll say, um, there are a lot of very, very smart people who are going to help you with your resume for free. Here's where I would caution you in that world. I would say, and if I could go back and do it again, even though I wasn't making money, I would have paid anywhere from three to four hundred dollars to have a professional resume writer review my resume and write it, write write a resume, help me write a resume, craft a resume, if you will, and a cover letter. A, you know you're going to get very professional work. Somebody who's experienced all the AI tools and the, and the filtering tools, and they they understand the resume world and how to get that resume through the door. Um, and B, they're going to turn around and get it to you quickly. Whereas if you're working with your buddy or your friends or this guy or that guy, you're going to have to wait 
wait, wait, wait. Whereas these people, if you're paying for it, you not saying those people aren't going to provide you with a great resume, but it's just going to take a lot more time. So I would urge you, if you're looking to get a resume revised, reach out to a resume company. Five and Fly personally works with Top Resume. Uh, if you want that discount code, I'll put it in the link um, in the comments below um, of this episode. But back to the story. So started to get some traction um, with some companies. Um, and long and short of it is, is I ended up getting a job working back at Worlds. And I'm very thankful for my experience at Worlds. Um, but um, I don't know if I went back and did it again, I would have taken that job. Um, there were some other job offers out there that I got that I, I basically I had to sit down and pick between two. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know if the other one would have been any better, but again, that's an aside and we're gonna put that aside. Um, that's kind of doesn't really, it doesn't really have to do much of the story. It's just that it, it, it just, it, it was a choice. Um, and I would say, you know, sometimes, I don't know, I, I might be a very small percentage of the small percent of the population that experienced that. But I would say if you did an internship and you were looking to work at a company, Again, don't buy at the first thing. And that was an episode we just had with, with the McCulloughs. They talked about don't buy at the first opportunity that comes your way. Um, and so, yeah, so start worked at Worlds, but I said, you know what, I still want to start this company. And so I said, I don't have the time to invest in growing a company, nor do I have the skill set or bandwidth to do that. So how do I provide a resource for individuals so that I can then, then help them have a free resource that allows them to um, walk through this journey and, and develop professionally so that um, they I'm helping provide knowledge for them. And so I said, well, let's start a podcast. Let's start a podcast. And thus enters It'll Buff um, and Five and Fly. So I'm not going to really talk about my journey at, at, at Worlds. I don't. I, I don't think that's relevant for the story. This at this point in the game, this is where I'm going to start into talking about Five and Fly, and 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 who we are and, and what we're setting out to accomplish. Um, I said all of that to just kind of create a background, so you guys really know the the heart and mind behind where I'm coming from, and and why I call it the It'll Buff Podcast, and why it's called five and fly and really what our mission set is um you know one of the interesting things is that um it's 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 really interesting that um when you go through this process you 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 always think that you finally have it all figured out and at the at the end of the day you like you don't you don't have it all figured out you don't you know, I you know I own a bit now, and now Five and Fly is off and running, and I decided to jump into it full time uh, back really in May, and um, I'm still learning a lot, guys. And like th the crazy thing is, is when you're going, there's so much information out there, and there's so many different avenues that you can go. And I'm one guy that's going to try and make that easier. Um, but but so Five and Fly, who are what are we doing? And so before we give in, I just want to give kind of a, just a, of, of who we are and, and what we're doing. So I'm going to give you a company overview. I'm going to give you the, the vision, and then we're just going to kind of, we're going to go from there. So five and fly aims to prevent 
veteran suicide in the five years following military separation by empowering veterans, you guys, to find fulfillment in their civilian careers. We serve veterans and their civilian employers with intentionality, unconventionality, and longevity in mind. What are we doing? We are des- we are designing a data-validated assessment, personalized training, long-term accountability offerings for individuals and for businesses. We tack- tackle issues on both sides. Five and Fly aims to build a camaraderie that works together to make the transition from the military to civilian career seamless. Now, why is that important? Because that fills, that comes from our vision. And what is our vision? Our vision is to prevent veteran suicide in the five years following military separation by empowering veterans to fulfill their civilian careers. Now, the short-term goal is to empower over 50,000 soldiers to transition seamlessly into fulfilling civilian careers. Now, that seems like crazy. That seems crazy, right? But there's 200,000 military service members that leave the military every year. So in five years, that's a million, like a 50K, we're uh, 0.5%? Yeah, no, we're 5%. 5%. That's it. That's that's it. That's it. That's crazy. Our mission is that we're going to provide resources to help veterans and their employees understand internal drivers and instinctive strengths so veterans can find long-term fulfillment and generate exponential value for their employers and their civilians. Now, what's interesting, and we're, we're all this talk, the, 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 the empowering veterans to find fulfillment in their civilian careers, preventing veteran suicide, this five-year mark, this one-year mark, when, and, and I experienced this. I mean, I, I didn't go so far as to have suicidal thoughts, um, but I was very depressed, and I can see how transitioning service members get into that sphere and want to commit suicide. A, and again, like I said, they could have landed a job. They could land an awesome job. They could have got the job at Google or, or Deloitte, but they don't have the purpose. And if you don't have the purpose on what you're doing, that weighs more on you than just having a job. And you can go and land jobs that are even more taxing the army. And if you know if you didn't feel like you had the right purpose in the army and you're working too hard, you're it's it's going to be tenfold in 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 the civilian world. And so what we what we found out when we did research in in doing this is that most veteran suicides happen within the first year of separating from the military, and then after five year mark after separating from the military. And so we really want to focus on that. Right. And so what's interesting is that, and here's kind of the background, right? You swore an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States with less than 0.5% of the population willing to make that commitment. We, as individuals, set ourselves apart. We have a completely different character. We've exhibited true faith, learning to lead and submit in ways our civilian counterparts will never know. We exhibited allegiance resulting in trials and tribulations that the rest of the world will never know. But as our military careers progressed, the dynamics of your personal life also evolved. And that's when you started to wonder, what is my trajectory? What should I be doing? And what's interesting is that, and I was in the same place, I had no idea where to find counsel. 
right? And, and and especially in today's world, if you bring this to your commanding officer, they're going to be like, well, we need retention, retention. You need to stay in the army and you need to get it done and that's your job and retention, blah, blah, blah. And, and then when you do that, they're like, oh, you're not committed to the team. So now you're not going to get company command, battery command, troop command. And at the end of the day, you start to begin to feel like you're being backed into a corner. And so what we realized in realizing this and I, me personally walking through this, talking to more and more individuals is that what we do is we empower active duty service members and veterans to seamlessly transition. How do we do that? We help them and their employers understand the internal drivers, these drivers that you guys experience and the strengths that you have that make you different. And what we want to do is we want to become the veterans battle buddy in, in, in all intents and purposes. That, that's the whole point behind this community is you need a community to do this, whether you are just getting out of the military or you're five years down the road. Again, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to continue to say it over and over again. The transition out of the military never stops. It is evergreen. You're continually going to be evolving because whether you want to, whether you like to admit it or not, there's going to be times where you're, you're going to think to yourself, I could have been doing, I could be doing this in the military right now, or I could be doing that in the military right now. And what we're out to do is, is, is to walk through you with that. It's like, yeah, you could, you could be doing that, but you are also doing this in the civilian world right now. And so that is really kind of the background on what drove us. And now you heard me use this language of seamlessly transition. And it's like, okay, well, okay, yeah. How, how are you gonna do that, Daniel? And, and how is Five and Fly gonna help me with that? And that, that, I think it's a great question. And really at the end of the day, what this boils down to is there's really two sides to this, this, this story. And it's A, there's a side between Five and Fly and you guys as the active duty service members and veterans. And then there's the other side of the house where there's Five and Fly talking to businesses and establishing partnerships and relationships to help inform, educate, build, inspire, cultivate these relationships so that you guys who are coming out of or are currently in situations, you have that those lines of communication to those organizations. So if you want to go explore somewhere that is quote unquote military capable or compatible, sorry, you can't. And how are we doing that? Well, Five and Fly is creating a analysis, a score, a test that we are going to send to businesses and their veteran employees, and we're going to have them take a test to see, hey, are you? It's it's literally called the military compatibility score, and it's this test, and we're going to see are they military compatible? Do they provide things that you as service members and veterans care about and are important to you guys, important for your growth and, 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 and helping empower you to have the purpose in life as you continue to transition out of the military. And then how are we going to help you guys in that? Well, again, we have the community, we have the five and five community and we talked, we had released it. We had opened it up previously. Um, we're going to reopen that. We're going to relaunch that. I don't know what, when that date's going to happen, but we're going to relaunch that. Um, because it just, uh, I think we went too fast. And again, we're just always continuing to collect data. And I think what's interesting behind that is, you know, uh, especially in today's world. And I, yeah, I, you know, I got to, I had to swallow my own words here, but, um, you know, if you go too fast, sometimes you can miss exactly what you're, the, the target you're trying to hit. Um, and I think that's what's happened, happened there. Um, I, it's still a great resource. I've had people go through it 
and, and look at it and what it's going to offer. But it's I, I want to deliver you guys something that's more efficient. But we want to create this community. We want to get you guys into it. We want to remove the politics from the LinkedIn's, the Indeed's, all of the things that are out there so that you guys have a place full of like-minded individuals where you can talk, you can encourage, you can invest in, you can spend time with, you can cultivate these the, these communities amongst communities, right? You can... I, I want to leave it to where you guys can create your own threads of, hey, service members in Chicago or service members in New York or service members in Nashville, right? You guys can create these meetups. I want to create these spots so you guys can have these these networking events. And I want to create a sphere where that can happen, where it's where it's not, you know, intrigued on by whatever politics is out there for other other sites. And then we want to give we want businesses to have access to you guys so we want to give businesses threads so at any time you can go into that thread and reach out to those businesses and say hey i'm so and so interested in what you have to offer um can we sit down and have a conversation and i think you know and it gives you know it might be one of those things where you reach out to him and the company says hey you know we might not have something right now but let's let's establish a relationship and you can and, and giving you guys as the service member who's transitioning out of the military that ability to have that relationship over 24 to 18 months right so that is how we're going to do the seamless transition right we're going to give you the opportunity to have the open lines direct open lines of communication with those businesses and other service members right we're going to help provide courses in knowledge right so we're going to give you guys the transition readiness test to see what are you guys even interested in right you might think that you're like oh, i want to go do project management but then you take this assessment and you're like oh wait i can do account management or business development or you know this is be something that's different so that's coming as well so it gives you a better idea of where you're at so then you can go into that purpose filled work role i think there's a lot what's so interesting is that and i did it too you go into the civilian world and you think to yourself, oh, well, these people are telling me I should do operations management and project management, but you're like, honestly, like this is kind of boring. I'd rather go be on the marketing team or the sales team, right? So it just, it, this, the the transition readiness score, give, it gives you that. How ready are you to, to, are you to transition? It gives you a better look into the preparedness that you have and the purpose that you can find because you now know, hey, I actually, yeah, you know what, like marketing sounds awesome. I wanna go pursue that. Um, five and Fly is we submitted to open a skill bridge. Um, and so we're gonna have a skill bridge um, and I'm gonna have people come into the organization and, and be a part of what we're doing at Five and Fly, right? As establishing these relationships with companies, as helping build this community, helping interact with the community, right? So you can have immediate impact into the people that are coming behind you. Um, we are continuing to, to, to look for companies to work for, help help them build skill bridges, help them build apprenticeships, help them do things so that we can just, again, when you're in this community, you could directly go into it and then maybe establish different sorts of lines of communications. Um, we're continuing to grow there. So, um, you know, where we came from, um, was a company that was just going to build a community for people to talk and interact. Um, and where we're going, uh, that where we're going is linking direct link, establishing relationships, building community, um, and, and getting, 
you listeners, this community into a place where you can do that freely and seamlessly. Um, so that's five and fly guys. Um, I'm really excited as the CEO and founder of the company to, to, to see where we're going. We are getting, we're getting amazing traction right now. Um, I've talked to a lot of companies who are out there in the sphere and they're extremely interested in what five and fly is doing. They want to be a part of it. I'm not just saying that to amp you up. I mean, I've literally had conversations with people and they're like, Hey, we love it. You guys know this, the economy right now is crazy. The civilian workforce world is crazy. Um, it's just, it's crazy. And so they're like, Hey, let's continue to have this conversation. Let's build this relationship and let's go from there. Um, and so it's happening. It's, it's, it's happening. It's, it's awesome. Um, I am excited to start a skill bridge opportunity so I can start to bring you guys on board. Um, you know, it's one of those things that full print transparency, my goal, my goal is by this time next year. So my two year anniversary is to have at least, at least three employees at this company. Um, so there's a lot of work to do to get to that point. Um, but I feel fully confident in, in, in the ability to do that. Um, yeah. And what are we going to do? We're going to start doing more networking events. Um, I'm trying to work with some partners right now to do more networking events in different, uh, different cities, um, to get those stood up. So I'm working on that right now. Um, and I want to just put it out there right now. Uh, we're in the process of finalizing a golf networking event here in Dallas, Texas. Uh, so just north of where I live, uh, but a place where everybody can come into. And what it's gonna be is it's gonna be a two-man scramble. Uh, you're gonna have one person on the team is a veteran in the civilian workforce. Another person is gonna be an active duty service member or, or somebody who is looking to transition into another job, right? It's a networking event. You guys would get in on Friday night. You would, we'd have a cocktail hour, we'd have fun. We'd have, I'm trying to get some speakers in there to just talk about everything that there is to do with transitioning on the military and continue to transition through into civilian life. We go out, wake up the next morning, we play around of golf. Um, and then I want to leave the afternoon, you know, it's open for lunch, but I want to leave the afternoon to you guys and gals to go out and continue to grow those relationships um, and do what you need to do from there. Um, so yeah, that's the full transparency, um, you know. Uh, this was, this was a dream of mine. This was an absolute dream of mine. And, um, I'd be lying to you guys if I told you I didn't want to quit multiple times. Um, there were moments where wasn't bringing any money in and it was just getting to be too much. And, and I wanted to stop. I wanted to just go back to the conventional workforce, but I knew, I knew with my vision, with my values, one of which being resilience that I needed to continue to push through. Um, and we're finally landing some success. We're finally able to do some really good things and get in front of some companies. Um, and it's and it's happening. And it's all because you guys are listening to the podcast. You're reaching out. You're telling me, you're giving me thumbs up. You're saying, hey, this is awesome. Keep going. Keep doing it. We love it. We enjoy it. We want more of it. Um, and um, stay tuned as well. Uh, we're going to be writing a book. We're going to be writing the it'll buff book. I don't know what the heck it's going to look like. Uh, quite frankly, I don't feel like I'm smart enough to write a book. Um, but I'm going to do it. Um, because 
it's the book is would be a book on transitioning and it would share your guys' stories, real life stories that people can listen to uh, in, in summarized verses. Uh, I mean, quite frankly, I'm just taking what you guys are saying and, and continue to use it over and over again because you guys have the wealth of knowledge out there. Uh, you make that job really easy. Uh, so that's going to be coming. So stay tuned for that. Um, if you want to be involved in a more in a more significant way, um, please reach out. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Um, I'd love to, to to share your story. So please reach out to me on that. Uh, please follow, subscribe, um, leave comments. Just help the podcast grow. Uh, tell all your friends to just follow, subscribe, um, and you know, I'd love to just and leave reviews, guys. I'd love to get this podcast out there. Um, because I think, you know, a lot of people are really enjoying this. I've already had several people reach out and say, Hey, because your podcasts are linked up with so-and-so and this is where we're at. And I've been, and, and that's exactly what this platform is for. So guys, I can't believe we did it. We made it to a year, um, many more to come. I'm so excited to be doing this and be on this journey with you guys. Thank you for all your support and your encouragement. Um, I'm excited to continue to grow this company and have you guys be a part of it. Um, but I really hope you enjoy this episode. It was a long one, hour, hour plus. Um, but that's it. That was full transparency. I really wanted to give you guys a look into my story, my transition story, how it happened, um, the trials and tribulations that were in it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you guys have a better understanding of who Five and Fly is, what we do, why we are doing it, um, and what we're looking to solve. Um, guys, thank you for tuning into this episode. And as always... Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the It'll Buff Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I really enjoy having them. Here's the thing. If you like that episode, please do a few things to help me out. One, go save this podcast, put it in your library. I'm going to be releasing one episode a week, every week, here on Forward. The next thing is go to the 5 and take the survey. It'd be really helpful for you to take the survey to help paint a picture of where each member that is separating from the military that's interested in this community is at. There's all kinds of questions, things that I've covered from previous episodes, so please go take the survey. Third, please go schedule one-on-one on the website. I'd love to talk to you and hear where you're at in your transition journey and help at least put you on the right azimuth and potentially work with you for the, for the future to come. Lastly, if you or somebody you know has a separation story that you would like this community to hear, please reach out to me so we can schedule that story and I'd love to have you on the podcast. Again, this is a community by you guys for the people that are coming behind us. The goal is to make each person that comes behind us as they separate from the army have a more successful path than we did. That's the goal. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed and remember, it'll buff.